Lost to sight. Ah, poor Biddy. Look at her. She had nothing in life, and by the end she had even lost her sight. Dear Margaret and I tried to keep her spirits up here, but she had an awful time of it. Hello, Biddy. How are you today, dear? I have a visitor for you to meet. Hello, Anne. And who was this with you? Do they have any news? Hello. Biddy McConnell is my name. I may not be able to see, but in this graveyard I always know where I am. I lived much of my life about here, you know. See those buildings yonder, rising into the sky just over the road? I may not be able to see them no more, but I can still feel their presence. I tell you that. You be my eyes now. Look over and trace the outline of those grey stone walls, those windows, that pitched roof. I shiver to think of it. Those cold stone buildings aren't much changed in look from when I went in there, I'm told. Different inside now, though. Well, I should hope so. You wouldn't want to have seen it when I went in. Back in the year 1846. Bad times. Some of the worst. And I with the misfortune to be in the middle of it. Them were the days of the great hunger. The blight hadn't long come when my father's job went with it. Before long so at our small home, down on the Shannon's banks. At least we called it home. A stinking hovel, the bailiffs called it, as they were dragging down its mud walls. After that, the workhouse was the only roof we could get. Little did I think it would be the last I ever had. I was 13 years old when I walked through that gate. And it was six years later I was put into the earth over here. I was lucky to get that far. There's plenty went into the ground without ever crossing that road. Look again, just opposite us. Anne tells me the small building we call the Dead House is still there. That's where they prepared my mortal remains after I passed. There was many I knew began their final trips inside that little building. Too many. And plenty of them younger than myself too. It was a hard life we had inside there, I suppose. Hard times were all I ever knew, really. Our family went into the workhouse early enough. The cruelest thing was that they split us up immediately. We only had each other and they even took that away. We were all split up by age and the boys and the men went one way, the girls and the women the other. There seemed to be more and more forced in there with every pass and minute them days. Not that they wanted to be. Us ordinary folk had no choice during the curse of famine. Those who could got away to England or America, but those crowd had money. We had nothing. Paupers, they called us. The lower orders. In the end, there got to be so, so many of us that they had to move us girls into a new building. An auxiliary workhouse, they called it. A grand name, I suppose. It didn't feel so grand when there were near 400 of us packed into it, I can tell you that. I can still smell it. Still feel the filth on my skin. Every morning we were stood outside, every one of us, to have a bit of cold water from a couple of buckets splashed about our persons. And then only two towels between us. Twas little wonder we got sick. I used to wonder why our betters didn't do more for us. 
probably thought we weren't worth the trouble, I suppose. Still, not everyone inside there was bad. We stuck together, us workhouse girls. And the matron tried to help us where she could. She had a kindly heart. But there were just too many people and too much want. And so there was too much sickness. And too much death. We used to wonder what it would be that would get us. The cholera. Dysentery. Fever. Smallpox. Dropsy. For me, it was the eye sickness. It was often about at loan, right enough. It always seemed to be us children got it worse. And it fair burned through that workhouse. Burned is right. Well, I remember when the first came down with it. Children feared of going blind, having barely seen anything of the world. Some tried washing their eyes out with urine to save their sight. I well remember too that big eye doctor sent down from Dublin, prodding our eyes. Wild, they called him. His son was some sort of writer, Anne tells me. I know nothing about that. Truth be told, I know little enough about him, for by the time he came, I could barely see him. I overheard him telling our doctor what was needed to help stop the blindness spreading. Pure air, cleanliness, warmth, ventilation, sewerage sanitation. All things we had none of, and little chance of getting. The man Wilde didn't stay long anyway, and by then it was already too late for me. They tried those silver drops and the leeches, but it was no use. Some of the fortunate only lost a bit of their sight. I lost it all. The girls did try to help me after, and I came to know my way around well enough over the next few years. Blind people are remarkably long-lived, the doctor said to me. You'll grow used to it. Turns out he was wrong on that count at least as far as I was concerned. I was 19 when another sickness came calling on me, back in 1852. Still, it is better days now. I have Anne here, and Margaret, and all the others to keep me company. Better days than I ever enjoyed over the road, that's for sure. I've not known friendship and kindness like it when I was on the other side. And we're glad to have you as a friend, Biddy. Take a rest there, and I'll be back to you in a while. I'll just carry on with the introductions. Don't mind us. <laughs> 